or a lead jet company who happens to sell restoration and cleaning services. We get the phone to ring, and then that next ingredient of answering the phone is not easy when you've got the phone ringing. That's not the best use of time for a home uh, business owner. So we have that with our call center. But what I was going to say is, and then we have a predictable way to hire people or help hire people through Talent Scout, our, our third-party partner, set that up, get people hired, and then a predictable way to do the job in a way that helped our flagship get over a thousand five-star reviews. We teach everyone how to do all of that. Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. We are on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs just like you take action through franchise ownership. Allowing you to obtain more financial freedom, time with family, and ultimately a business that can run on its own without you. Hello and welcome to this fireside chat with the Voda Cleaning and Restoration Franchise Executive Leadership Team. Uh, you've got myself, Dan Claps, co-founder and CEO of Voda, along with the entire leadership team here. Uh, without further ado, our COO and co-founder, Zach Nolte, our CMO, Christian Betancourt, and our Franchise Development Director, Stephen Miller. Hey guys, how are you doing? Fantastic. Great. Doing well. Excellent. Well, thanks for taking some time to join in on this interactive fireside chat. Obviously, anyone that's listening to this right now, you're within our franchise development process. We appreciate you exploring our business, as well as us getting to interview you as a potential franchisee within our system. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to explain our culture and really our core values and our vision around what we're doing at Voda and our, our parent company franchise playbook. Because as you're exploring businesses, you want to find a business where you feel like you really match both the culture and the core values. It's so important that you find a business that really fits uh, in both areas. And so um, I wanted to just start by talking about, you know, our overall culture here and our overall vision. So, you know, Zach, when, when we first started working together, there was something you had said to me around this mantra that you hold pretty closely to yourself around these couple different areas around franchisees and how you focus on franchisees. And I was curious, could you could you speak to that for a moment? Like, tell us about your core ethos when it comes to helping franchisees succeed within their business. Yeah, I think it's something that was kind of ingrained in me, ingrained into myself, like very early on in the the franchise development and uh, franchise process for for myself. Um, but I really got into like the operations side of the business, really trying to figure out if I were to step into this, the the shoes of the franchisee, what would I expect uh, from from the franchisor? And so it really is kind of me sitting back, trying to look through this business model through the lens of the franchisee. And, and making sure that I'm being taken care of, and so if if I'm happy with 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 what we're doing, then I feel like the, a lot of the franchisees should be as well. And so then you start to kind of layer in, you know, what are those different types of elements that uh, we can measure success off of? And, and for me, uh, in the operations side of things, uh, we, we're a very data driven company, and a lot of that will be driven by franchisee satisfaction, uh, making sure that our franchisees are very excited to be a part of the system that they want to tell others about who we are, what they're doing, uh, that they're making money. And so satisfaction's at, at the very top of that um, uh, per margin, uh, per unit margins. And so really focusing on how much money you're making on a per job uh, basis. 
Um, and then also just making sure that uh, your overall unit economics are right in line with what we want uh, under this business model. So layering in a bunch of different analytics that have to do with your financial performance, uh, your net incomes, your total sales, and be able to draw all that data back to you to make sure that uh, that you're doing well, uh, especially within the system. Makes a lot of sense. Combined as an organization, we have over 50 years of franchise experience and you combine it in about 17 brands that we've all been uh, uh, incorporated with. Zach, just, just for our audience, could you give a quick background and synopsis of of how, how you got to there? Like, Tell us a little bit about your background. How'd you get in franchising? Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's about 2013 or 14. Uh, I was working for a uh, a large manufacturing company out of uh, a small town near La Crosse, Wisconsin. Um, and it was a, a, a company that was very well known for uh, lean manufacturing, Six Sigma. Uh, and, and so that was my first job right out of college. Uh, great learning opportunity. I learned a lot of different ways of how to continuously improve uh, processes uh, and make efficiencies and, and save dollars here and there. <clears throat> and so, but it, it just wasn't really for me. Um, and so I wanted to do something a little bit different. I uh, kind of fell into franchising. Uh, I think it's a, there's a funny saying out there that uh, you don't find franchising, franchising finds you. And uh, kind of stepped into it um, and immediately just kind of fell in love with uh, how the whole business model worked. Um, and that I was able to kind of tickle that entrepreneurial side of myself, uh, be able to like really work with other franchise partners and helping them grow their businesses. And so uh, franchising just kind of been uh, was a was a natural fit for me. Uh, the first brand that I worked with was a company called Kitchen Solvers. Um, it was a uh, what now is a, a 41 or 42 year old brand. Um, and I stepped into the middle of that <clears throat> in right in the middle of a, a kind of a, a complete uh, change of the whole business structure. And so it was a lot of fun to kind of help navigate that uh, business model and, and also kind of help reshape or reform the culture of, of what Kitchen Solvers was. Um, so through a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of work, a lot of a lot of sweat equity. Uh, we ended up turning that the system around. Really developed a whole new business model underneath the Kitchen Solvers name, something you can really build long term uh, and sustain that. Um, and also through that whole process too, I created another company called Kitchenwise. Uh, grew that company for about two or three years, and ended up selling that to another large uh, home service prep platform. Um, but really, throughout that time is where I got a lot of my experience um, through those core values that I was kind of talking about earlier. Um, but that's that's where a lot of my time has been spent. Fantastic, thank you, and we, you know, thanks for sharing that and how you've come up with that ethos of what you want to do for each of our franchisees, Christian. Um, you know, same same question to you. Hopefully, you thought about it as we. Uh, you, hopefully, you thought I'd, I'd come to you with the same same question. Um, what do you really hold dearly when you think about this this idea that you are responsible for? helping franchisees not only market their business, but lead acquisition, customer acquisition, and really at the helm of that within our organization. What do you hold on most as a franchisor in the marketing executive seat? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I couldn't agree with uh, what Zach said uh, in, in what he said previously. Um, f- uh, franchising kind of found me as well. Um, after spending, you know, uh, over a over a decade in corporate uh, Fortune 500 marketing and digital and and advertising roles, um, but ultimately, what really what really draws me to franchising and and why I love working with franchisees on a daily basis is really helping them conquer marketing. Marketing can be one of those things that 
Some people think that they can do everything in marketing, and some people are really scared about marketing, um, especially thinking about uh, starting a business. And so I think what drives um, kind of the ethos of, of our marketing strategy is really taking a lot of the heavy lifting with marketing off their plate so that the franchisee can really run their business and provide the great service that the franchise is is known for. And so um, I, I, we like to say that we are a lead generation uh, and marketing company that happens to to own a restoration and cleaning business. Um, so ultimately, my mantra is developing national brand strategies and local strategies so franchisees can benefit from being part of a larger system, uh, be a part of a, kind of a marketing think tank of leveraging kind of the best ways to get leads, the best ways to convert them, and the best ways to uh, turn those uh, into revenue. And so uh, I like to say that putting marketing in the right place with the right message at the right time to the right consumer is the is the ultimate equation for, for marketing success. So um, I'm really excited because we really take a, that, a lot of that off their plates, and we've really developed a, a comprehensive local and national marketing strategy that not only puts a great new brand that's elevated and sophisticated in front of consumers, that's based on data and highly differentiated in a very uh, traditional or antiquated market uh, marketplace for cleaning and restoration, and also couples it with a world-class uh, team that knows how to leverage tools and data and partners in order to uh, drive the best results for our franchisees. Well said. You know, and I, I think we'd love to touch on the brand later in this in this conversation uh, around the fireside uh, conversation. But you know, I think you know what you've been able to do in, in my experience working together is take this tremendous background of being such an integral integral part of Anytime Fitness and brands like Mayweather Fitness, and your your understanding of you know the fitness industry is very much driven around lead generation and and closing. Except you're competing with ten other gyms, all competing for that one market share. And for for you to be able to take that into this yes antiquated to some degree market where there is just less sophistication in the restoration and cleaning lead generation and marketing uh, areas, and be able to take that competitive background and put it into this space where we're not competing with as many phone calls or inquiries. It really, it really pays a lot of dividends when we take over that that lead gen part for our franchisees. Steve, same question: What do you really live by as an ethos for the candidates you're speaking with and our franchise franchisees? What do you what do you hold dearest to your heart? Well, for me, it's really being able to help them, you know, uh, fill out their dream and, and kind of their legacy, and wanting to be a business owner. Um, myself, I've I've been on that entrepreneurial route myself, and you know, to be able to help people really achieve their dream. Uh, I hear a lot, speaking with a lot of other entrepreneurs, wanting to be able to pass something down to their family members, you know, whether that's a son or a daughter. Um, and for me, really seeing people realize their dream and maybe getting away from a job they don't want or a career they don't want and, and really waking up every day and really being fulfilled. I think that's, that's the number one thing. If you can wake up every day and love what you do and you can understand whatever you're doing uh, is going to have a potential grows for you down the road and, and really be fulfilling. I think for me, that's the greatest thing. And what I really look forward to is, is as we bring our franchisees in uh, a year down the road, speaking with them and, and really experiencing uh, that growth that they're going to have with us. Well, Steve, you know, it's interesting. Like I, I, when I, 
you know, defer to you for counsel or, or advice on an area of our franchise development business and overall business. I always think about your background, having such an eclectic background coming from one from the athletic background background, you know, of college, collegiate athlete and learning that competitive nature, taking that into your med device background. And then the businesses you started, both the successes of your exit, as well as your, you know, your lessons, right? And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've always looked at our team as you have this ability, even though you're coming from the development side of the business, where your goal is to bring in candidates or for us to award them a territory if they're the right fit. You're always thinking about the other side of the business, which is the P&L and how can we be cost effective. And I think that's important as candidates look at our business, right? They're going to wear two hats. How do I generate as much revenue as I can? And how do I also keep the uh, the business lean to need, which we all know restoration is a, a great business in that sense from a margin standpoint, according to our, our item 19. My, my next question, and this could be a one or two sentence, each of us, you know, going around, why restoration? You know, I'll tell you, I live here in New York City. I, uh, I don't have, uh, I own a home that I, as an investment property, I currently live in, in, in an apartment. Um, home services is something maybe I never thought I'd be in, to be perfectly frank. I've come from a completely different business background. I joke, I don't plan, and I have, I got out there and I got to try out some, some cleaning of carpets, but I don't plan to clean many carpets or, or, or do much water restoration. Nothing wrong with that. It's just the business that I'm in is running a business, as are you guys, and as would our franchisees be. But as far as the business vertical of cleaning and restoration, what really stood out? Because I mean, we looked at what, Steve, we must have looked at, I don't know how many verticals, and Zach, you know, how many, how many businesses we looked at before making the acquisition? Yeah, we looked at, a, you know, a, I'd say upwards, you know, 100, 150 different. I think we narrowed into home services, and then we narrowed into restoration. You know, one, uh, I think, uh, you know, during the certain times we're going through from an economy standpoint, we kind of looked at something that could be, you know, recession resistant. Um, I, I think really we liked the home services market overall, but really with, you know, the restoration market. Um, also, the, the really high margins in the business. And then also the, you know, the simplicity of the, of the business model itself, I think, was really attractive where it was really scalable to get workers for you. Uh, doesn't really take any, you know, outside degrees or, you know, special certifications that take several years. So someone could step in and really learn the business quickly as we have here, you know, over the last, you know, five or six months. Then you take that stuff that Steve was talking about as well. And then you throw on, it's a need that will, will never go away. Uh, so even through, uh, downturns in the economy or pandemics or whatever else, there's always going to be home issues, whether it's, uh, climate driven, or older homes that are dealing with with mold. Uh, there's all these different uh, ways to, to kind of keep us through business. And so it's one of those businesses that really is is, is kind of recession-proof. And uh, I think there's a, a lot to kind of go into it. I also love the the multiple revenue streams uh, that you can get within this. Um, every, every restoration job that I found out very quickly is somewhat different. They all take on their own personality. So you're not stepping in and, and painting the same same wall every day. Uh, every single job is going to be a little bit different. And uh, one thing that we can really pride ourselves on at, at Voda is that, uh, that there are going to be very strict processes going into a customer's home. So when they are dealing with kind of a tragic event, they know exactly what they're getting are going to get. A, a very professional company that has done this multiple times, knows what they're talking about, is certified, and uh, is, is going to take care of them in the, at the, in the end, of, at, end of the day. The other thing that uh, we really liked about the the, the company that we um, really kind of fell in love with was that 
<clears throat> we're underlining the whole restoration side of things when you have some ebbs and flows in, in the in the actual product and, and the, the money flow of the, of the business. But we've underlined that with carpet cleaning. And so it's the same trucks, a lot of the same, same processes, um, but we can now kind of steady out the, the cash flow of the business with, with carpet cleaning. I think that's something that's uh, completely different in our industry that, that no one else is doing. I mean, I, just to chime in for one moment, I couldn't agree more. We loved restoration, but the fact that you can build that predictable early revenue with carpet and floor cleaning. I mean, we're the franchise first and only cleaning and restoration business where most businesses are only able to do restoration. Listen, I believe in being laser focused. I, I do. But when you're able to be laser focused on a business that when you when you when you have a flood, you, you you dry it and then you have to clean it, and vice versa. And so we're focused on one area that complements each other, kind of like two businesses within one uh, revenue system. But you know, the first being the first and only there is one of the reasons for me. You know, what I call an RTB or a reason to believe. What what were you going to say, Christian? I I was just going to echo what you guys. I mean, very well put across the board. Um, it's a booming space. I mean, if you take water mitigation, you take restoration, you take carpet cleaning as combined industries. We're talking about over $200 billion um, of opportunity. Um, and the fact that that immediate cash flow from carpet and floor cleaning allow, drives sales and brand awareness for those higher ticket uh, insurance paid restoration services, it's really what makes up the vote advantage, which is those two franchises all in one. So let's, before we get into some real fun, exciting things and what I consider the additional vote advantages and reasons to believe, at the end of the day, this is a business. And to get into a business, you have to make the commitment to yourself that you want to change your life. Some of our candidates, they want to move completely into business ownership. Some have a job, some already owned a business. We have all different walks of life, people that come into vote. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And while it's great and fulfilling and rewarding. It takes work. Everything does. And if anyone tells you otherwise, it's just not, I just don't agree. You know, everything takes work that's worth having. And so my question is, what do you guys think is the hardest part about this specific business model? And how are we dealing or how are we helping alleviate that or make that as easy as possible? Because I believe as franchisor, our job is to fundamentally mitigate the risks of opening a business and make it easier and more likely of success, which you can see as a candidate, franchising's aggregate statistics of success versus a small business on your own is tremendously higher. Your success rate is tremendously higher with a franchise business. But what would you say is the hardest part about this industry and how are we helping make it easier? Yeah, I'll go first on that one. Um, I think it's kind of a, a more of a blanket statement, but I think the hardest part about this business is, is uh, uh, new owners coming into the business is it, that they're now becoming managers of people. So how do you take yourself as a as a, an owner and given whatever background you come into, how do you start managing and finding people to help uh, uh, kind of run your business for you? I mean, you you, you don't want to be out there cleaning carpets and you don't want to be the first one on the call. You want your team to be out there supporting uh, your core values as a company, <clears throat> really kind of showcasing the, the, the vote advantage the way that it should be. And so I think that is the kind of the hardest part of this business. And if you don't come into the system without a ton of management experience, uh, we have a lot of different ways to kind of coach and train you through that whole management uh, process. So how do you, how do you uh, first of all, find employees? We have a, a list of a number of different ways that we can help you find employees, some that are built right into your website. Uh, then we also have different ways that you uh, can now uh, interview uh, candidates. 
make sure that you're right, asking the right questions to find the right people. Uh, then we get into the hiring process. We have some really cool vendors that can help alleviate a lot of those, those pain points as well. Um, but then how do you retain them? I think that's that's kind of one of the bigger questions out there uh, in any business right now that 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 people are talking about. Everybody's talking about a kind of a labor shortage. Um, I, I kind of want to call it like a like a retention problem. Uh, I think a lot of owners just don't know how to retain employees. Uh, and no, it's not kind of uh, throwing more money at them. That seems like the easiest answer. Uh, but a lot of people take uh, kind of a pay cut to stay at a place that they they love to to work at. And so, what are those different ways that we can keep our employees around? Um, and uh, you'll quickly find out that our founding location does an amazing job at this. And it's something that you 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 just have to see for yourself. It's something that uh, really comes from his heart and is, is really at his core of who he is. Um, and I think that's something that could be learned by a lot of our, our uh, future franchise partners that want to jump in and, and learn that as well. And so um, this is kind of my two cents and a quick synopsis of what we have to support but also what could be the, the more difficult part of the business. I think another thing that's, you know, everybody looks at is, you know, how am I going to get jobs, right? They, they take this business over, they start the truck and they're thinking to themselves, like, how am I going to market this? You know, I know me as a sales uh, core guy, um, sales is my core. Sometimes marketing is not a strength of mine. That's a big thing. You know, what's great about our company and, and really why I joined Dan when I first met you was his bathroom lead generation. Uh, I mean, they're in the, in the franchise space. I mean, I think Dan's really made a name for himself in lead generation, and now he's bringing that to franchisees. And not only that, we brought in Christian, who's got a great background for all these major franchisees companies, and he's really been hand-on and really have a done-for-you marketing system. You know, turnkey marketing support, you know, help with lead generation, commercial outreach. We have a 24-7 call center that's really going to assist you, so you're not going to be up all night waiting for the phone to ring. You're, you're going to be able to wake up, and uh, we're going to have appointments booked for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, I would say the, the biggest thing that I see is just the, the, the worry around, um, marketing, like how to market. Um, do I need somebody on my team to do that? That's another employee that impacts my business. Uh, but ultimately this, the, the systems that we put in place really seamlessly allow franchisees to take advantage of the great brand that we've built. Uh, take advantage of all the systems and partners. And we've really put together kind of a world-class um, suite of tools, platforms, and partners um, that are that are uh, just, just exceptional in the franchising space. And I think one of the greatest things about just all of us that are sitting here in front of you and, and those that are listening to this is that we all come from different franchise systems. Um, I, you know, I've worked for a, a system that's had over 5,000, you know, global locations. And I've worked for one that was just starting up. And so what I've seen is that we've really built our systems based on the best practices from all those experiences and the ways that we always thought that systems should be built. And so from a marketing standpoint, that's really, that's really where all of the strategies come in is leveraging a lot of the things that or just tried and true best practices, but also putting a spin on on the ways we do things. And, and largely, we like to call it the vote away. If you're enjoying this episode, please click the subscribe button. And make sure to connect with the Franchise Founders Podcast on LinkedIn. You know, 
Christian, that reminds me of a conversation we had around the exciting, the branding that we've put together. And I want to touch on that. But, you know, for me, it's, it was really about like when we started, we think about a playbook, a business playbook. I, I think like Steve talked about, people want to know they're looking at a business. And as you're looking at businesses, whether it's ours or another one, you're going to be thinking about, let's be honest, how much money can I make? We all want to know what we can make. And that's what it, it's a business. And so you have your item 19, you can look at, at the financial performance. What is it going to cost to open a business? I loved restoration for the fact that you can get in all in from 148 to 196 all in and start a business. That to me is unheard of. It's such a low investment for what you're able to build as far as the, the size of business you can choose to build. Um, and then it comes down to, like you said, Steve, how am I going to get customers? And how am I going to, like Zaxxon, how am I going to get people? Every person thinks these things. How much can I make? How much is it going to cost? Where am I going to get uh, customers? Where am I going to get teammates? And then how is this business going to stand out in my marketplace? There's, of course, already restoration businesses. It's a $210 billion industry. Water mitigation specifically, 17 billion. Carpet cleaning, 6.6. Both are growing at about like 6%, 5 to 6% year over year. And just for like perspective, home services, don't hold me to this data, but Home Advisor back in 2020 put out uh, a report that the home services space was is a $500 billion annual industry. So restoration makes up 40% of it, which is unbelievable. Um, but when you look at this, this aggregate home service, people are spending money on their home. They're staying in their home more. But more importantly, restoration, because unfortunately, if older homes, older infrastructure in America, climate change, and all these factors, restoration continues to happen. There's 14,000 cases a day. You've probably heard of listening to our or gone through our process. 14,000. And I realized because when there's a fire, you see it or you hear the fire truck. When there's a water damage incident, you don't know about it. And so a lot of kids will say, well, this will work in Florida because there's a well, body of some water. No, we're talking about your, your pipes freezing. We're talking about your uh, sun leaving the bathtub running, unfortunately, your shower pipe breaking. There's so many times that water incidents has happened. And that's why I have always loved about our brand because water represents Voda, the name, which is water in Serbian, which pays homage to our American dream story of brand founders, which we can get into. But like water... I say is our friend and our foe. So water at times, it's it's there to help. It's there to clean. It represents purity and cleanliness, which we're doing in the in the home with the, the floor cleaning. But then you've got water that's our foe, which is it's in your basement and you don't want it there. We're there to help. And so when I think about the fact that we've coupled this brand, which stands out in the mind and hearts of our average consumer in, in America, and then you look at the fact that you, like you said, Christian, have this lead generation system. I really love what you said. We're a lead gen company who happens to sell restoration and cleaning services. We get the phone to ring. And then that next ingredient of answering the phone is not easy when you've got the phone's ringing. That's not the best use of time for a home uh, business owner. So we have that with our call center. But what I was going to say is, and then we have a predictable way to hire people or help hire people through Talent Scout or our third-party partner, set that up, get people hired, and then a predictable way to do the job in a way that helped our flagship get over a thousand five-star reviews. We teach everyone how to do all of that. But for me, what was always the biggest challenge in restoration, if you're looking at other restorations, consider this businesses, is the fact that this business is amazing when you get property managers and plumbers and insurance agents to refer you business. And that's the gift that keeps on giving. One referral agent or one property manager is a never-ending referral source, but you got to get them. And so what I think we, what we're building, and this is 
frankly or candidly, anyone listening, we're building this. It is not built yet, so that's something we're working on. But you know, for clarity, we're building this outbound call center and direct marketing campaign where we're actually taking the outreach to property managers and plumbers off your plate. Doesn't mean you're not going to still do it, but through direct mail, through phone outbound phone calls, we're opening opportunities for you then as the business owner to then go bring a box of cookies or drop a bottle of wine off at that referral partner, the property manager, plumber, or, or realtor, et cetera. So to me, like that was the part of this business the puzzle piece that was at first challenging to me. And then the fact that restoration takes some time to build up, but we alleviate that through the cleaning. Um, and the fact that, you know, Christian and, and Zach, uh, on the efforts that we were doing there, and Steve, everything you worked through with our, our our supplier partners, I feel like we're really building that tremendous outbound campaign. It's a lot different than I think than most of our competitors. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a testament that like anywhere anywhere that we can actually like take work off of their plates, um, we want to be able to capitalize on that and do it efficiently, leverage the power of the system uh, to make sure that we can, as a group, all benefit from it. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there for us. And, and this is just the, the tip of the iceberg is, is what I think. Yeah. I mean, Steve, what did you say to me once? Didn't you say something like it, it all comes down to the leads? It all comes down to if the phone's ringing, there's less to worry about. Exactly. Exactly. If you got leads coming in, you know, and depending on, you know, how you convert them, but it's, it's the number one game. It's funny. I'm in an office and I heard somebody next to me talking about only if I can get 10 leads a week, you know, our business is going to get going. He's training somebody. And it's, the, it's for anything else. You know, if the leads are coming in. Money's coming in the door. And then that's something that, you know, we really wanted to focus on here at Franchise Play. Yeah, the, the common saying is you you can't sell a lead you don't have. So if you uh, <laughs> if you have a, a healthy amount of, of leads and referrals coming in, um, all, all you have to do is get them over the finish line. And, and at least at Voto, we help you do that. So... Christian, I want to get on this topic, but I'm, we're going to put a time clock for you because I know you're passionate about this yeah. and we don't want to take too much time. <laughs> um, let's talk about the brand. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you start that process and, and just get this, this, I think the Voda brand and bias, of course, but I think it's gorgeous. And I think that it stands out. If I, when I think about that truck driving down my, my hometown neighborhood, it would turn heads. Mm-hmm. Um, l- let's talk about that. Like, Walk us through that journey. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think any franchisee coming on board, um, you know, I, I hope that they, they see it as a labor of love. Like we, we really did think about building this brand from the ground up with an eye on, you know, yes, we want to make it highly differentiated and elevated in the, in an industry, um, that is, you know, traditional, um, uh, but we wanted it to stand out. And so one of the things that we started with, was really thinking about the the standpoint that one of the one of the biggest single most important investments a business can make is in your brand. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot of brands, I've built a lot of brands and I've seen I've seen the ones that um that invest a lot and I've seen the ones that just kind of like get by with a logo and a mark. A brand is so much more than just a logo and 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 a tagline. So what we did was we actually went out and interviewed and kind of uh, put out feelers for for different agencies out there that could really help us and partner with us to build a brand that was not only going to be attractive to franchisees um, and and set us apart nationally uh, within the space, but also resonate in the hearts and minds of the consumer. So we partnered with a national award-winning branding agency 
um, that works with large Fortune 500 companies and brands, largely outside of the franchising space, because we wanted to do something different um, and really leverage their expertise, having worked with the likes of Target and Patagonia and Gap and Buffalo Wild Wings. And I could name so many more that they work with, but they actually, we chose them, but they also chose us. They saw the the uh, opportunity that we were putting together uh, in the marketplace and, and they they jumped on it. Um, so uh, through extensive consumer research, psychographic, demographic, um, you know, data and, and analysis, we really built an appealing, elevated brand um, and an experience around that brand that's going to ooze through all of our marketing tactics, whether it's from from digital, so on our social channels, on email marketing, uh, from the website to promotional materials, the uniforms that are uh, technicians wear, um, the shirts that our owners uh, purchase, the hats, anything you can think of, a really cohesive and collect- collectively thought out brand experience um, from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. And so I think what what the franchisees that, uh, that are considering our system is that it, it's very well thought out and it's highly elevated and differentiated. Um, you can put our van up against anybody else and I would say most people would say that this is this is something different than anything else in the marketplace. So that's what gets me excited. And yes, I could talk about this all day. I think just to kind of prelude that too, is that I think one thing that really stuck out when we all started working with each other, uh, Dan mentioned, he's like, you guys have all been part of like some, some really cool systems. <clears throat> Looking back at those systems, if you were to redo those systems, what vendors would you have wanted to use uh, how, what systems would you want to put in place? And let's take all that good stuff and let's start from ground zero and be able to add those things. And I think for you, Christian, uh, you gave us a list of five just for due diligence, but you knew which one that we wanted to work with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and and it's one it's one of those things too that you know that um you you know they're going to do a great job and they're they're going to just absolutely mm-hmm. knock it out of the park and and I think that's absolutely what happened and thinking about you know beyond just the marks and the and the logo and the name um they really helped us build essentially the soul of the brand from the brand positioning to the 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 mission vision and values um and everything in between so that everything that we do and say from uh, from the standpoint of uh, us as the franchisor, but also from the franchisee standpoint, the way that you answer their phone, our brand has a personality, and and that's one thing that our franchisees get trained on is is kind of the Voda way and the Voda um, the Voda brand through and through. Yeah, you know, I I looked at this system as we were putting it together. You know, obviously we put a lot of energy for months and months building the business and you know a tremendous investment seven figure investment into the infrastructure to make sure the business was was going to want run well and was well capitalized for our launch and we had the right uh, intellectual capital human capital of people on this team on the ELT executive leadership team people would say to me Dan well, why are you so confident in this launch and you know, my answer is, of course, I'm nervous. We all have to be nervous. If you're looking at buying a business, investing in a franchise, whether it's us or something else, if you don't feel nervous at one point, you're like a sociopath. You should feel a little nervous. And if you're working with Steve or myself, there will be a point where you're going to say, I don't know. I don't think we're going to do it. Every single, it's normal. Every single person. I've helped over a thousand people become a business owner, either directly or indirectly through my previous company. And every single one, not one without fail, 
except the one guy that was turned out to be a sociopath. No, I'm just kidding. The, without fail, <laughs> um, it's normal to feel nervous. So I always would tell you know friends and family, I'm nervous as can be, but I don't think about it. I face the fear. I wake up. It's only about one to 2% of my day do I feel that way. And I'm going to live a life of my dreams for the 98% of the time that is good. I'm not going to live in the 2% of fear. But what I knew going into this business was I got into franchising in 2014 when I was 22 years old after already having a business that had pros and cons. I learned a lot, but I made some mistakes. I got into a franchise system and I learned what to do, what not to do. And the journey for Voda for me started in 2014 of being part of that system, learning what I liked, learning what I didn't like thinking about what I would do differently. And then as I journeyed into my previous business, working as a franchise consultant, and then also being the largest and most well-known lead generation company for franchise consultants, I had to watch and talk to hundreds of brands, hundreds of founders, and just had this unique opportunity to be around them for years and learn and, and think to myself what I would do differently, how I would do it better. But Zach, to your point, when we launched Franchise Playbook, our holding company that owns Voda Cleaning and Restoration, our platform, I had said to you, look, we want to take all of the knowledge that you have from a decade of franchising and all those lessons. I'm envious of our franchisees. I, 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 can't, I think about all the money that I've wasted and hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions, if not in lost revenue for all the mistakes. How many for you, Zach, you know, and Christian and Steve, like they get to come into this box, this business in a box that they unwrap. And for me, that's so cool. And, and being early in is so exciting too, because I don't know about you guys, but I've never worked like this. When I say work, I mean, we're chatting with each other seven days a week, but it's like, I want to. I talk to you guys more than my own family. It's, 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 it's amazing. Like, what do you think it is about Voda that's making this culture so dynamic? Like, what do you think it is? Because it's, it's weird to me, guys. It's like, there's something about our culture that I think people are drawn into. Well, I think initially, you know, joining uh, the company and, you know, with, with all you guys, I think one, it's like, you know, one of our core values being carefully candid. I think we all are not afraid to say anything idea wise. And then I think we form it into the best idea as a team by getting everybody's opinion. There's nobody that's running the ship here. Um, and then also, I think it kind of goes back to some of the fun things we do when it comes to like the daily, uh, the weekly challenges. And I think, one of the core things we, we all want to do is we want to self-improve. You know, every day we're, we're trying to strive to push each other to, to be better at, you know, work, but also, you know, better as a human and a better person, feel better. And I think that has also uh, really made us all kind of click and it makes it easier to, to text each other at 6 a.m. when we're on our walks with our, our dogs or, um, you know, when we're trying to get through the gallon of water that we have to drink a day. I think, uh, and us being remote, which is even more crazy that we're not even in the office with each other every day, but... Um, you know, I, I think out of all the, I've been part of, you know, big corporate companies and a lot of startups. And I was saying, I think we do have something special. It's just, you know, keeping it, keeping it together and capturing that and, and bringing other people who want to be a part of this. I jump in for one second. I don't want to overtake anything, but it's interesting. I had my previous company before I exited had a tremendous amount of people in an office and it's a great, I love the culture there, but like, this is this is different. And, and like you said, Steve, we're remote for a good amount of time. It's, it's pretty interesting. I second what you said. Yeah, it's a, it, I definitely had a little anxiety coming into like a remote team. I'm a little bit more old school where I like to, to see and, and have those group think chats and whatever else in person, the hallway conversations were like a lot of ideas were generated. 
Um, but this, it, it picked up right where that left off. I think it really comes down to the hiring for culture and, and being upfront and honest about who, who we are, what we're trying to build and making sure that the, that all of our goals align with, with the company's goals as well. Uh, so for me, it's, it's such a huge play on, on the people. And I think this is only going to trickle down to the, the candidates that we bring in. Like we, we want to be, uh, frankly, kind of picky about the people that joined the system so that uh, they can carry on this, this same exact culture going on. We've, we're going to be signing 10-year franchise agreements. We got to make sure that we can, we can still hang out, bounce ideas off each other, uh, and constantly push the boundaries of, of what we can do. Yeah, I I think one of the one of the thing that things that's really special about like the team and kind of the culture that we've we've uh, established at Franchise Playbook and you know and kind of um, exuding it across all of the brands that we launch. But just the idea of you know like um, you know being adaptable, we pivot quickly, we adjust for the things that need to be adjusted, and you know the the idea of like playing through the whistle, you know, going with like a sports analogy, but going the extra mile and doing it with passion. Um, I think that's, that's one of the big things. I think they're the, the amount, you know, the amount of work to set up a, a new franchisor and, and all the things that comes with it. Um, it's, it's really been an amazing journey and looking for franchisees and other people to join our team that, that really have those same passions and the same things that drive them. Um, that's what's made it work. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so I think really thinking about uh, the culture standpoint and uh, that's probably the last analogy or, or saying I'll probably provide, but <laughs> I'm full of them. But, you know, if you look at our, our you know, our first franchisees, you consider like the starting lineup or the founding roster. And, you know, Steve said something to me that really stuck with me, which was, you know, because it's hard. Like, we have a lot of candidates interested in this brand right from the time of launching. And, you know, for every great candidate that's a fit for us, there's a lot of people we have to turn down because they're just not a fit for us. And that doesn't mean they're not great people, great business people, but we're very selective with who we bring into this system because of the fact that we're so young. We want, we want to make sure that we've put so much passion and energy into these systems. We need to make sure the right people are, are in, the, in the company and fit our culture. But Steve said something to me that really resonated, which was, you know, what's worse? Having a difficult conversation and being caringly candid with someone one time and explaining, look, you, you may not like me right now, but in the long run, you're going to thank me two years from now when you are in the right business, that is a better fit for you. You're going to thank me that I had the, the, the courage to tell you now up front and to be respectful of your time and energy. And it's a tough conversation once instead of a bad conversation over and over. And I think about that because, it, you know, we want to work with everybody that, you know, wants to get into our business, but we can't. We have to be with working with people that share these core values. And if you're looking at our business, whether you choose ours or another, I can't, as a CEO of, of a couple of different businesses now, I can't tell you, I know it sounds like, oh, core values, I don't need that, no big deal. I would tell you the most important thing is actually holding on to core values and finding people that completely, 10 out of 10, like we run traction in our business, and we use what's called the people analyzer, which you you look at as someone a plus, uh, plus, 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 minus, uh, minus. And if anyone has anything that's a minus, they're probably not a fit for your company. And so as you're looking at business, keep that in mind. It's kind of like when you get married. What's the number one route to being married? I think it's values, right? It's sharing the same values. And that's the same with when you partner with a franchise system, a business partner, um, employees that join your franchise. 
uh, business when you are opening and operating a business. And so um, I, I agree. And I think it all comes down to, to core values. Well, I think we're, we're coming up on 45 minutes. Anyone that took the time to listen to us do a little fireside chat, thank you. Uh, I wanted to make this video because as you can see, I like to talk, but you don't get to always talk with me. So say I get to meet our candidates in the process. Um, any any parting words, guys? Or No, I think it's a lot, a lot of good stuff has been said and we, we can't wait to work with everybody. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you want our help with anything from buying a franchise to franchising your business to anything in between, shoot us an email at franchisefounders at gmail.com. 